This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 315, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. With guest host, Nathan Marchand. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise you are. was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. This is a podcast about pop culture stuff, specifically sci-fi, fantasy, and then also spirituality, Christianity, and all that good stuff. And I'm Ben, Ben Avery, one of, well, three people here. Uh, one of us <laughs> is a guest, a friend of the podcast who has joined us before to talk about giant monsters. And then the other person right. is Evan, and then there's me, who I just introduced myself. So, Yep. Um, yeah, so Evan, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Good to be back. Yeah, and then there's Nathan. Nathan Marchant. How you doing, man? Hello, everybody. I am so happy to be back here again. <laughs> it's uh, it's Godzilla time. So, Oh, yes. So here <laughs> you are. Godzilla time. So it's been an interesting time for fans of Godzilla with the different things that have been coming out, uh, with the animated thing. Um, and then this this American Godzilla movie, and then there was Shin Godzilla not too long ago. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a it's been a good time to be a fan of Godzilla. I think all those things <laughs> I mentioned, I like. What about you? Yeah, let's let's start there. What do you? How how are you feeling, Nathan, about the the Godzilla stuff that's come since and well since since 2014? Yeah, I was gonna say since 2014. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> I know Evan will disagree with me a lot on this, but I actually love Shin Godzilla. Although I think mm. the the thing about Shin Godzilla is you have to you have to know more about recent events. You know, I would say within the last ten years of Japanese culture to to grasp it a little bit better. And even, but even then, there's a degree of separation because it was meant for a Japanese audience primarily. But knowing what I know, I uh, I really I really love Shin Godzilla. It's one of the more cerebral entries in the in the series, I think. And speaking of cerebral, I actually, even though they've been divisive, I actually really like the anime trilogy, particularly the the third and final entry. Yeah, I I like the trilogy altogether as a whole. Um, yeah. Evan, I can't remember you you did like the third one, right? Yeah, I I liked. Uh... I like the second one too. Okay. 
Um, it's just the first one. Like it's not. You have it. it I didn't like it. <laughs> it it's, it's hard like, to. It's, it's got to be. Like it's got to be part of the trilogy. Evan. I understand, Evan. It, it's hard to. It's hard to like the first one out of context. I think. Yes. They are those three movies can't stand on their own, which I think is both a strength and a weakness, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. looking at them as here's three movies, it's not. It's it's three episodes of one story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you're doing that, then, yeah, I, I liked it. But uh, as you can hear, uh, listeners, uh, Nathan is, if you are not familiar with him from our Godzilla episode in 2014, that's a long time ago. Oh, you had me on for Colossal. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Colossal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. The, the two kaiju movies, well, not the two kaiju movies, but two of the kaiju movies we've reviewed, we brought Nathan on because he's a big, big kaiju fan. And mm-hmm. uh, his his fandom has extended into writings he's done, podcast stuff he's done, and, of course, has extended into doing guest shots here on <laughs> Strangers and Aliens. So. One of these days I need to come on this show for something other than kaiju because I do like other things. <laughs> No, it is not allowed. <laughs> Sorry, no. You can't tell, but you I'm shaking really my like fist. At, I'm shaking my fist through the computer through Skype at you right now. Oh, we, <laughs> we are just going to um, we're we're just going to keep the the pigeonholing and and just you're stuck here, man. You're in this I've, lane. I've been typecast. Yep. I can't. <laughs> yeah. So. Godzilla, King of Monsters, this movie, uh, we're going to talk about it in this episode. Uh, it is part of the legendary Monsterverse. Is that what they're calling it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it is a part of that series that started with Godzilla and then went to a prequel with Kong Skull Island and now a sequel here that references both of them very well, I thought. And and then the next movie will be uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Which that that'll be interesting, especially after after the events in this movie. Yes, I'm yeah. wondering how they're going to pull that off. But I'm also wondering if the fact that they moved up the release date is going to affect it. It all it was originally supposed to be out about this time next year, but then they moved it up to March. Yeah, oh, really? I was surprised they sh- they're done shooting principal photography. Uh, like months ago, I I could not believe how quick they were moving on this. And my son actually thought that this movie was going to be that movie because he had heard that they had wrapped uh, wrapped filming it. And he's just, oh, this is not the King Kong versus. Nope, it's not. But yeah, I, I actually think that's going to be a good thing uh, because they have to wrap it up, I think. And yeah, before Toho gets the rights back. Yeah, yeah. The I, that's the reason why they're rushed. Uh, why they're trying to get it done quickly. The, the Toho made a deal with Legendary. They got the license for at least Godzilla. I think they've exp- they've certainly expanded the license since 2014. But the the license stipulates that Legendary gets to make all the live action Godzilla movies until I think it is 2020. I want to say. I am hoping that Toho will see what Legendary is doing, particularly with King of the Monsters, and then hopefully again with Godzilla vs. Kong, and will be kind enough to 
extend the license, even though Toho has already been talking about with all the success they've been having with the license the last few years that they want to do their own little MCU yeah. with the monsters and put out one a year and make it about different monsters. So, so like one year you get a Godzilla movie and next year you get a Mothra movie and tie them all together and stuff like that. And, and then you get the Avengers movie. Is, yeah. Yeah. And my thought is, Share the wealth, guys. Let's have, let's let's build two of them on different sides of the Pacific. <laughs> I can see not wanting to, though. I can, I can see not wanting to muddy the waters and get people confused about well, which one is this, which one's that. Especially your your casual fans who know about Godzilla enough that they, oh yeah, I'll go see a Godzilla movie. That's cool. Wait a minute, this is nothing like the one that I just saw last summer. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And as long as it's good from Toho, I'm just I'm just worried that we're going to get you know that situation where the first one gets a huge push and release here stateside, and then by the third one it's yeah no one no one cares it's it's fathom event it's one night only. <laughs> Who knows at this point? I, it's just there's there's a lot of different possibilities. I've heard I've heard some people theorize that Legendary's MonsterVerse may just continue without Godzilla. I, I don't know if you could do that, but well, they got, sure, they give have it a Kong. try. They yeah, they have Kong. Kong I mean, you could, you could build a franchise on that. Um, but let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this Godzilla King of Monsters. Uh, we're going to do a non-spoiler discussion right now, and we're going to recommend it or not recommend it, and we're going to give it a star review, and we're going to give a ranking. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about and vaguely about things that we liked and then we're going to play the spoiler organ and then we will jump into a more in-depth discussion of actual you know plot points and character motivations and and big twists and stuff like that so uh we'll start with you nathan you're the guest so uh (laughs) did you like this movie I I love this movie. <laughs> I I have to admit I had I went into it I was excited, I was hyped. But there was also a part of me that was trying to remind myself, you know, 20 years ago there was a, a, a an overhyped American Godzilla movie and it didn't live up to everyone's expectations. <laughs> so I tried to not get too carried away and then Despite the fact that I tried to avoid hearing any of the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, everyone started talking about it. And I'm just like, I don't want this to color me. That's my general my general rule of thumb. When I go see a movie, I avoid reviews until after I see it. But after watching it, I thought to myself, did those did Rotten Tomatoes see the same movie I did? Because what the heck? I mean, I walked out of this movie with a with a big smile on my face, but also feeling a, a little worn out and beat up. And I don't know if it was me crashing from the caffeine dose I had earlier today, but <laughs> you know, so that's how I felt about it walking out. Evan, what about you, man? What's the question? Are we doing star ratings or did or you what? like it? <laughs> Did I like it? Did you like the movie? It was okay. Oh. <laughs> wow. It was okay. Yep. That's so, all I'll say for now. What's your star rating? A three. 
Yeah, that's that's, that's yep. okay. Smack, smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I went with a four. Because, uh, you know, there's stuff I had problems with. But overall, I was really enjoying myself in that movie. And the details of what I I didn't like, I can't get really into in this non-spoilery section. Because they're details that I didn't like. But um, as I was watching it, there was monster fights. Spoiler, sorry. Um, <laughs> and they were well choreographed, and there was some good stuff going on in those monster fights. Um, the, the ways that the monsters moved and everything, I just, I dug it. I really did. Uh, there was a human story, and it was serviceable. Um, they, but they brought in the humans, let them affect the story, and it was, yeah, that's something I always look for in a kaiju movie. I, that, that human story needs to, to draw me in. And, you know, we'll, get, we'll talk about the details of the human story, but it worked. It worked enough to bring the monsters together. And, yeah, you had – and there was monsters. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're looking for a Godzilla movie, I, I would say this. If, if you are looking for a Godzilla movie that actually delivers on what the reviewers said that the first – the 2014 Godzilla movie did not deliver on, <laughs> uh, they put it out here in here. You know, they had – monster fight early you know and they didn't cut away from the monster fights as as doors are closing uh <laughs> you know things things people might complain about you know you saw the monsters and yeah i i enjoyed myself and yeah so i would go with a, a rating star rating of, of four uh what about uh what about your star rating nathan i want to say four and a half right now I was tempted uh, for like five seconds. I thought about five. I'm like, you know, I can't go five. Five is reserved for things like Endgame. But (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even give Endgame five. I know. I heard that episode. Yeah, I I just I couldn't. (laughs) It was not perfect. But yeah, it was I mean, really good. I, Don't I get me wrong. I changed my mind later on Endgame, but I walked out of the movie feeling like it was a five. But. (laughs) Yeah, I don't give out the the five too too often. I just yeah, I just can't. Yeah, that's why I'm saying four and a half right now. <laughs> so yeah, so I yeah, and that's why I went with a four. That's why I went with a four. So okay, cool. All right, so from here, yeah, quickly. Anything else you want to say with without spoiling? specifics of the movie uh do we want to rank it with uh, the oh, other yeah. MonsterVerse films yeah let's uh let's rank it with the other uh monsterverse which is kong skull island right now and godzilla 2014 and and this so how would you how would you rank them evan i would put this at the bottom and i'd put godzilla 2014 at the top okay nathan what about you wow uh, mine wouldn't look quite like that. Uh, I would probably, I would actually, I think I would go this 2014 and then Skull Island. <laughs> we are all way Skull off of Island each at other. the bottom. Yeah. So I have Skull Island I, at the top. I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people who really appreciated 2014. Yeah. Well, Ben, you gave Kong Skull Island a five stars. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really, you really said love that it movie. was the perfect movie. Did I yeah. back off on that though? 
I don't think so. Because I'm looking at, I'm looking at my letterbox. I only have one five star movie in there right now, and that is Alien. I don't, I don't know on on the on the episode you were gung ho, man. Well, see, that's I mean, my if if I'm ranking them, that is Kong Skull Island is the top, and then this is number two, and then 2014 is is the bottom. Real. Yeah, so all three of us, I think, I, th- yeah, we all were very different. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have, that might be, I Completely. think, almost every possible combination. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. on, my, on my movies of 2019 list, this movie is number nine of 14. <laughs> oh, could be worse. Yep. Yeah, could, be could be worse. Be worse. Okay, so I did not put Skull Island on Letterboxd. That must have been. Ah. Yeah. It was before you got on the Letterboxd? Yeah, I would probably at this point give Skull Island a, a four or four and a half stars. But I, I just really, really like that movie a lot. I rewatched both of them recently, and I can under uh, I can understand why. But the, so both of these movies, well, all three of them are very fresh in my mind right now. Yeah, because Kong Skull Island built itself on on top of all the King Kong movies, obviously, but then also on war movies and the seventies vibe. I love that. Uh, this movie, however, builds itself on like every Godzilla movie <laughs> like this one. Yeah. I felt like they did a great job of, of if not referencing at least kind of referring to a, a lot of Godzilla history or and, just straight up doing it, <laughs> but doing it differently. Actually, there, yeah. There were a lot of points when I was watching this where I was, I, I, I was really feeling like, Michael Dougherty, who uh, wrote and directed this, was cherry picking a lot of things from really the all of Godzilla history yeah. and and just kind of cherry picking what he thought would be the best thing and kind of throwing it into this blender and making a a wonderful smoothie out of it. Because <laughs> there's a lot of things that remind me of the the classic Showa era of Godzilla films. And then there's stuff that reminds me of the the 80s and 90s films, the Heisei era, and then the stuff that was in the, the 2000s with the Millennium series. There's little bits and pieces of every single one of them thrown in here. There was one thing, and we'll talk about it in the spoiler section if, if we think of it. There's one thing that I'm like, oh, they're referencing this. And then like 30, 40 minutes later, uh, they actually pulled out the thing they were referencing. I was like, oh, I guess they weren't referencing that because they're doing it like, outright <laughs> right here. So... Yeah, it, I, I feel like this this movie was, uh, in a lot of ways, a course correction from that, that first Godzilla movie to say, OK, we heard you. We know what you want. We're still going to have, you know, a vision behind what we're doing. We're not just it's not just complete fan service, but there was a lot of uh, yeah referencing and and but then pulling together in its own story. Mm-hmm. But a story you've probably seen before. <laughs> but not with these well, special effects. Yes. <laughs> there was actually a, one, a, one of the, my thoughts when I was watching it is I thought, you know what would be a good alternate title for this? G Fan Service The Movie. Because <laughs> there was a lot of it. There's definitely a lot of, do you remember this? Remember how you like that? <laughs> yeah. We're doing it again. 
Yeah. But well, like one of the things that I really appreciate, you're talking about it's building off of all these other Godzilla movies, but I, I feel like somebody at Warner Brothers and Legendary, or maybe it was Legendary, I don't know, but I feel like somebody at Warner Brothers who didn't figure it out when DC was initially trying to make the DCEU finally took cue, the, the right cues from Marvel because there were a lot of times where this felt very much like an MCU movie with how it's referencing back to both Kong Skull Island and 2014. So even though it's, as you put a course correcting from 2014, they are not disregarding it and are really using the 2014 film as their foundation to build off of. Well, I do feel like it's very much a, a whole piece. Like they, those other two movies are a part of a set. I mean, these belong together. The Skull Island and, in 2014 didn't necessarily feel like they belonged in the same universe. Uh, but this one ties it all together, brings it together. And that's probably the one reason why Kong versus Godzilla can work is because of this movie. Like Mm -hmm. this movie says, Hey, we exist same universe and, and there's consequences and there's monsters and there's yeah, big fights. But before we go to spoilers, Nathan, uh, yes, sir. People who are not going to listen past this point aren't going to know that they can find you somewhere online and find your work and find your thoughts and stuff. So, what would you like to um, tell people to f- where they can find you if they want to shut the podcast down right now and not listen to our spoiler dis- discussion? Uh, that would be my author website, NathanJSMarchand.com. Yes, I have JS in there because those are my middle initials. And the domain name NathanMarchand.com was already taken. I don't know who you are, other Nathan Marchand, but I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a little while, but I found the Ben Avery shooting range. They, uh, nice. they had my website and they let it go. And I was able to swoop right in. So... All right, cool. Interestingly, I did discover uh, on Amazon, at the very least, there is another author named Nathan Marchand. He writes technical manuals. So I don't think we're going to get mixed up. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Play it, Ben. Spoilers. 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 All right. There's a lot to talk about here. <laughs> What's it going to be? Where do we even start? <laughs> Let's start at the big twist. Okay. Because I didn't see it coming and I was asking questions the whole beginning of the movie. Like, why is she just going along with this? Why are they just holding hands and just going through the motions? They're, they're hostages. Why? Why? Wait. She's, she's the bad guy. <laughs> Mom is the bad guy. I didn't you see know, it coming. Yep. Actually, I kind of did because but maybe it's because that first trailer from last summer kind of set the stage for me with that because I couldn't figure out why she would be saying that otherwise. Now, for a few seconds, I wondered if she was saying all of that in the trailer because her captors were making her say it using her as a mouthpiece. Oh, but the movie quickly reminded me. Nope. (laughs) I did not remember her saying that in the trailer. 
And so well, it was the first trailer from last summer. It was the Comic-Con trailer. So this, yeah, the movie itself did a good job of hiding it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it got me asking questions that I'm like, I, this does not make sense to me. You know, the, why is this happening the way it's happening? And then when the twist happened, it's like, oh, okay, I can, I can see this. I can actually forgive uh, the, the problem I had with the movie because they, they played it. Well, I think they started hinting at it in that scene in, in the Antarctic when Natty, Millie Bobby Brown, 11, whatever you want to call her, is trying to go back to dad and she stops and mom says no. And she comes back and then tells right. the dad just run. And then she frees Ghidorah, which I thought actually made her a much more interesting character. The fact that she's going along with this, but there's. The fact that she's a wife and a mom and now her kid and her husband are getting mixed up in all of this. It's making her pause and rethink things. Yeah, no, I, I, that, that was the moment when she picked up the radio, it was way, or the, the trigger, whatever it the, was, it was, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then, then you realize, I mean, that was, that was all build up. Like it was all build up and it worked really, really well for me. It worked really, really well. But I was not expecting it. They they had me. I'm 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 asking questions. They're explaining it to me. They're showing, not telling. Um, later on, there's more telling. <laughs> but she went to them and showing with convenient stock footage. How did that work? Like <laughs> how how did how did that the so how did the FaceTime switch lame. over to all of the I was flashback that footage. That was maybe so that, disappointing to me. Maybe that was – maybe they had a prepared video. I, it had to be. That took me I, right out. Took me right out of the movie. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that is that is unfortunate because for me, yeah. I'm just – oh, okay. Maybe, <laughs> it's a, maybe it's an homage to 70s Godzilla movies with all the stock footage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but – but they I'm being facetious. Guys. I mean it's 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 news footage. It's like she had this prepared and edited. Yeah. Like, <laughs> queued up. Yeah, she was did ready. not take me out though. I was fine with it. I just uh, said to oh, myself, it's just it a show. So I should just really just relax. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be the first time something like that's happened though. No. There have been other movies that have done stuff. No, like I this. I when you, the problem with modern movies is they try so hard for verisimilitude, and and then when they do something like this, it's like, nope, I will not accept that because that is not what you're trying to do with this movie. And yeah, if this was a, a worse movie, then you wouldn't care because it's already a bad movie. So why not? <laughs> why not break all the rules? So what else stuck out to you guys? I have mostly negative things to say. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I don't want to. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. So if you guys just want to go ahead and well, we might as well bring up some. Well, you could you can rain on it, and then we'll be the sunshine that dries it up. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the 2014 movie. Like it's one of my it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies ever. I can watch it over and over again and just not get tired. Of watching it i love it i love everything about it i love the tone i love the pacing i love the world building 
I love the characters. I love, uh, you know, Godzilla's screen time. I love the Mudos. It's great. And this movie was just, uh, it's not in the same uh, a tone, I guess, as that one is. And like all you, when you guys were saying like, oh, they they fixed a lot of the problems with the first movie. They showed more monsters and stuff, and all that stuff is what I had a problem with in this movie because it wasn't like the first one. I liked all I liked all the subtle Godzilla moments in this movie, and then when it got too over the top, I didn't like it. And I think it's if I could make one quick correction though, I didn't mind those things in that movie, but other people did. And this yeah, is, I, I think, mind it either. I think that this is them saying, okay, we heard what you said, people complaining about 2014, and we're going to make the course correction. Um, but that's why I, I like that I can have both, you know, like I, and that's unfortunate for you, Evan, but I get both in my, in my franchise here. And it's, it's like I get chocolate and caramel on my ice cream. And the thing is, is the, yeah. the, the classic Japanese films, did that too they would they switched tones within the same series oh i know that if you watch the godzilla films in chronological order by the time you you go from a really dark serious very art house sort of film with the original 1954 gojira and then when you get to movie three which is almost which is was made eight years later you've gone to full tilt satire yeah, the the franchise wasn't even around long enough. <laughs> like, there weren't enough Godzilla movies to satire them, but they did it anyway. Well, it they was a it satire. Work. It wasn't a self satire. Oh, There's moments like it. of self satire. Yeah. It's more like they were satirizing. It was satirizing commercialism, and part of that was they actually. And if you watch the Japanese cut, there's a there's a line where this goofy, crooked businessman who's trying to figure out how to make money off of all the monsters talks about how King Kong versus Godzilla has great marquee value. And there's even a meta reference where somebody says, oh, they're going to make a movie out of this. <laughs> that was the point that they had reached in just three movies. Now, mind you, it was over the span of eight years, but still. Yeah, but they, I, I just want to make sure, you, I, mean, I, I love that movie. Like, the bottom of my list, sure, but I really like 2014. Like, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, and it's funny that Evan is feels like this is, I, I guess you might say, is an overcorrection, but that's actually how I felt about Skull Island. I felt like Skull Island was an overcorrection compared to 2014. Yeah. And you would think uh, I'd react the same way to this, but I what they were doing felt more natural compared, uh, in this movie compared to Skull Island for me. I feel like Skull Island's like it's it is part of this universe, but it's a different hero, you know. So it's like Godzilla movies are Captain America, and then Kong, Kong Skull Island is like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, they're the same <laughs> universe, but completely different styles. Um, so there's just a couple of things that took me out of this movie that I, you know, in the in the first one, uh, the uh, Pretty much everything uh, involving the humans is very grounded in realism, and um, which I enjoy. And then I also enjoy how they they didn't have much 
of an effect on the monsters in the first one. Like they're reacting to them, and yes, they are doing stuff that's saving the day for humans, but in, in the end, it's not really affecting the monsters at all, you know. And I like that. And in both in in both of those things disappeared <laughs> in this movie, where we're fe- affecting the monsters like crazy, and the realism is much diminished. And most of that came from just the monarch super future agents of shield ship <laughs> thing that just looks like the bridge from star Trek discovery, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's like, Oh, this is, this is so far left field from what we've seen in this, uh, these movies so far. And it just was like, it's too way too sci-fi for me. Yeah. That's what drew me uh, okay, in. So I, what drew me in was this is five years later and this is what the world has become. Like we are putting all our resources into taking care of this issue. And so you have all that sci-fi stuff happening because of what, well, Godzilla came. And, and so now they have 17, most of them aren't, aren't awake, but 17 of these creatures around the world. And what are we going to do about it? And so it's, that's the way I saw it though. Anyway, it was just, this is the consequences of that movie built into this sci-fi thing where all the resources of humanity are being put into this monster containment kind of thing. I mean, and the same thing happened in the MCU. The I, if, When you compare the first Iron Man to Endgame, Iron Man feels very grounded. But then when you get to Endgame, it's crazy. And I would argue it was... S, it was uh, growing to that, even if you just look at it at phase one, when you're going from Iron Man to Avengers, things ramped up. Right, yeah, I mean, but they it, had a lot more time to build it up. And five me, years? It was five years. Yeah. Actually, it was four. From Iron Man they, to Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, they still showed you the progression in Iron Man 2 and Avengers. You know, you had three movies to realize that the technology is building up and uh, yeah, that's what know, I'm saying. Just, that's what hooked me in, though, to this movie was okay. So what's what's this world like then? And and they're you know they're showing corners, they're showing bits, and and that's what really pulled me in was ooh, this is interesting. They're 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 showing us a world where life has changed, and they're trying to keep it a secret and they can't. And Monarch is out. You know they they've been outed. They're talking about Monarch on the news, and. So, yeah, just as they're dripping those bits and pieces, I'm, oh, this, I, I'm ready to go on this this journey with that. Yeah, and, and, and this isn't Pacific Rim levels of technology. <laughs> it, it, no. it feels a few steps beyond what we have, but I'm used to watching movies where they feature technology that's just a little beyond, maybe one step, maybe two ahead of where we are. Uh, but I – it is the – human drama in that 2014 movie is very grounded in that it actually feels like it could be like the, the issues they're dealing with dad trying to get back to his wife and was it a son or daughter? I can't remember. It's a son. Mm-hmm. Okay. That very grounded, very, it's, it's the odyssey. I mean, it's, it's tale as old as time. The human drama in this, when you strip away the, the sci-fi MacGuffin stuff, is a hyper realized divorce situation where yeah. <laughs> like, it's this, 
it, either you're going to go with it or you're not. But this is a sci-fi divorce where as they are fighting over the kid and not not able to agree on how to raise this child, the mother really is a literal uh, supervillain. And, yeah. <laughs> and the father is this very distant scientist, you know, and and so they the human drama in this. Yeah. It's not realistic. It's metaphorical, <laughs> but it's not realistic. Well, and the thing is, is I was thinking to myself, I've seen, I, I, I don't say this as a knock against the movie, but I've seen a Godzilla movie, the, a Toho Godzilla movie that had a similar, a similar plot. There was a, a Godzilla versus Mothra in the 90s. Over here, it's called Godzilla Mothra, the Battle for Earth. And the couple of the main characters in that was a divorced couple and their daughter. Is that the Indiana Jones one? Yeah, yeah. that's unfortunate. <laughs> but but uh, depending so, on how you look at it. Yeah, but that was a thing that the 90s movies did. But anyway, so I, I was like, OK, I've kind of seen this before. And uh, uh, I was also thinking of uh, not Godzilla, but uh, Gamera. There was a Gamera film. Gamera 3 from the 90s that had actually the opening of this movie reminded me a lot of that where it starts in 2014 and Godzilla is tearing up the city and you have the couple and you have their daughter and their son gets killed during that the, the events of 2014 and that affects the rest of them and in some cases may, it kind of embitters them toward each other and toward kind of humanity in general. And that's similar to what happens in Gamera 3, where it goes back to the events of the first of Gamera Guardian of the Universe, where the char- one of the characters was around during Gamera's battle in that one, and someone important to her dies during it. Yeah, well, the thing with the, the couple, in this movie anyway, uh, what happens with them is not unrealistic. I mean, there are it's a there's a high, high percentage of couples that end up splitting and divorcing when they have a, the loss of a child. And in fact, I, we have some friends of the family who they had a, a child die. And I don't I don't know who they said this to, uh, but they didn't say it to me. They said it to someone else. And, and they just said, you know, there's this statistic and we are not going to let that happen to us. Like we, they just, they, they had heard that that's what happens and they, they said, we are going to double down on our marriage and we're going to make sure this does not happen to us. But when you lose a child, you know, they, they coped with it in different ways. He copes with it in something you see all the time, alcohol. She copes with it by designing a super machine that's going to communicate and, um, (laughs) cause, cause monsters to want to either calm down or attack. When you put it that way. Really, she really is a super villain. I, I, she is I, more more Bond villain maybe than super villain. Yeah, kaiju Bond, yeah. villain. Kaiju Bond. Well, James Bond is the only is the only other franchise that comes close to having as many movies. And he he's he's a human kaiju. He's <laughs> in, in impossible to put down, impossible to defeat. Yeah, unless you're King Kong. <laughs> I <laughs> I have a few more negative things to say. All right, okay. let me let me throw in a positive before you go before we go with those. Uh, the music, uh, oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
It was good. Barry McCreary, you know, I, I love this guy. And yeah, yeah it, it's it was amazing. So good. The I I think and I think the reason why they did it in this one, I, I swear I I heard or read this someplace. I'm not 100 percent sure if it's accurate, but I think the reason why they were putting in Fukabe in this, Bear McCurry's covering of Fukabe is because, but they didn't do it in 2014, is because Toho didn't give them the rights to do it. But I think Toho was encouraged by 2014. So I think they said, okay, we'll expand the license. Here, use a few more monsters and you can use the music. It was one of those things where I heard them kind of reference the theme and I'm like, oh, cool. They're referencing that. Oh, no, they're just straight out doing it now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Mothra, the Mothra song. Mothra song, except there's no singing, but no, it's the tune, no, no. and I'm happy. Uh, uh, speaking of, though, Evan, <laughs> Evan, Nathan, are you I sitting down, Nathan? hate Are you Mothra. sitting down, Nathan? Down. <laughs> okay. Go for it, Evan, because... I hate Mothra. I never want to see Mothra again. Not in what any is, movie. What is Mothra? Hate? So, wait, 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 wait. I have been discovering this in my in in recent years in my fandom. I didn't realize that there was an outspoken portion of the fandom that hates Mothra. I don't understand. How do you feel about the Mothra twins, though, Evan? <laughs> that, that's. Uh... Are we talking about in this movie or in the old ones? <laughs> Evan comes. All of them, except. For... Evan comes. He, he only goes to the bathroom the in the Mothra. middle of the movie, and as he comes back in, he just, "I'm so angry, I'm so angry." I'm like, what's going on? I hate the Mothra twins. I'm so angry. Like <laughs> they couldn't have done it yep. more subtly in this movie. No, they could not have. But, but. I'm still mad. I'm still <laughs> mad that they're in there. Hey, they're not 12 inches tall and sing to Mothra. <laughs> no, uh. I, I really. The reveal of the twins was interesting the way that they did it where the Mothra egg is op- or the, the larva is opening whatever. <laughs> and the one guy's like, Dr. Lee, Dr. Lee, it's happening, blah, 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 blah. And she's out there. They don't show her face. I'm like, why are they not showing her? What is going on here? And then she pulls you her hood why. down and you're like, oh, and yeah, twins. <laughs> Although I was a little bit confused when the other one. It was on the the ship, the airplane, whatever. Started showing pictures of her of her grandparents and parents or whatever, and so apparently she's a third generation twin. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure it works like that, but okay. it doesn't. That's that was what that was the point. There is that every generation for her has twin girls, and I think the insinuation is going way back. <laughs> every generation has twin girls. Like way back. See, because my understanding is in in real life, I think it's every other generation. It can be. Yes, it skips a generation. I, I think yeah, it skips a generation because my my dad is one half of of an identical set of twins. So that means, so my understanding is that he wouldn't have twins, but my sister can have twins, or could have twins. Could yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, this it's a science fiction movie. You, you, you just say to yourself, it's its just a show. You should <laughs> really just relax. I hate, but... I hate Mothra so much. Okay. 
And Please explain to me why you hate Mothra. He's I, dumb. I have to know. I, <laughs> I nice answer. <laughs> don't. All right. So here's I'm going to draw the ire of some of our listeners, I'm sure. But I hate is a strong word, but something close to that. Animals. Um, I'm not an animal person. I like to look at animals from far away. I admire the majesty of the creatures, but I we will never have a pet ever. And I don't like pets and I don't like other people's pets. And I don't like it when you put the pet mentality into these movies where the creature is more than just a creature. It's got a, it's like a super intelligent soul bearing thing with a destiny and a prophecy and a, and that's what Moffat is all about. And I don't like it. And I just want it to be a creature and I want it to be, you know, doing its thing just like a little, just like every other creature does on the planet earth without being a, an alien. Destiny fulfilling without being a fantasy creature. Except like, Mothra has always been at least implied to not be an animal, but an actual supernatural being. Yeah, but I don't like it even on the more movie, now. Movie, they will blur that line. I don't like it even more now. Because <laughs> they they almost go there in this movie. They almost go there. They. Mothra gets destroyed and fairy dust falls on Godzilla, which we've seen before. Yes. Uh, but (laughs) I just, I, I was waiting, waiting to get out of the theater, get home, get on mic so I could get this waiting. (laughs) The only time I've ever tolerated the Mothra twins was in that anime movie where I thought they did very well. With how they did, they I thought they did well with how they did all the monsters because they subvert the expectations. And I knew this would happen because the Ghidorah from the anime movie was fantastic. It was a fantastic, wonderful MCUing of Ghidorah. And Ghidorah I, was you're you're upset that Mothra was a was at least implied to be a supernatural creature in previous Godzilla films. And Ghidorah, whom you love in that, was a straight-up Lovecraftian horror? Yeah, but that's very different. Yeah, he's from, like, another dimension. He's like a sentient alien thing. I like that. Um, Now, another thing that took me out of this movie was Ghidorah, because I think, for me, they just stuck too close to his original character design. So he looked really cool from far away. But on all the close-ups of his face, I thought it looked so cheesy. And yeah, yeah, it did. It it was dragon-like. It was yeah. It was not the sci-fi creature that Godzilla is and was, and, yeah. and that even Rodan was was kind of that sci-fi creature. And the Mo- Motus, uh, yeah, it, the Mudos, yeah, Mudos, yeah. And then, um, well, even the those weird creatures from Skull Island. Where it's the skull crawlers, alien looking, uh, not of this earth kind of thing. And yeah. Ghidorah looks like, yeah, a dragon. <laughs> yeah, he just looks straight out of the the man in suit stuff. I mean, the motion is obviously much better 
and more or more realistic, photorealistic than the main suits. I think they were going but, for that though, yeah. because that's what Ghidorah. That's what Ghidorah. Well, I shouldn't say Ghidorah has always been that because Toho has messed with Ghidorah's origins depending on the series. But Ghidorah has always been a dragon. That was the inspiration for the design back in the 60s. I was surprised that they yeah, went with no. the space origin for this movie, though. I was ecstatic that they did that. I was really surprised. Like, it made sense. They they made it make sense. But, yeah. yeah I, well, I, I liked surprised. all the explanations for everything. I thought they did a very good job with explaining everything um, for the most part, especially with Ghidorah and how he's from space. But, yeah. Like anytime they did a close up on him, it took me out because I'm like, oh, it just looks cheesy. And yet, did you, what I, did you think of Smaug from the Hobbit movies? I did like Smaug, but then he's, you know, supposed to be an actual dragon and also a, a, a magical dragon and also a sentient magical dragon. And also a so fantasy I was okay movie. with it. Yeah. <laughs> This one, the the thing that I found interesting about Ghidorah was it felt like, I'm not sure, but it felt like each of the heads had a little slightly different personality. Oh, they did. Yeah. I I know enough. I know enough from my reading leading up to this movie that they did that on purpose. If in fact, if you pay attention to the credits, which by the way, did you catch the little thing in the credits where they give credit for Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan and King Ghidorah and it says himself (laughs) for each one that cracked me up. But then you get you go a little bit farther down and it shows the mocap artists and they have three listed for Ghidorah because they use three different mocap artists for each of Godzilla for each of Ghidorah's heads. Hmm. And each one has a slightly different personality. And, and if you pay attention to Ghidorah, you can see it coming out. The center head seems to be the one that tries to keep the other two in line uh-huh. and coordinated. And then the 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 left head was kind of the the wild one, the rebel. Yeah, you know the one that wants to eat people, <laughs> and the one that got bitten off. Yeah, he got bitten off, but he he got snapped at by the middle one. Uh, it reminded me of, and I can't remember if I've seen them do this with Ghidorah. I think they have in in a later movie, but uh, it reminded me of the Raptors in Jurassic Park, where they would yeah. snap mm-hmm. at each other as as they're running around. You know, hey, you know, I'm I'm eating this. <laughs> And yeah, snapping at each the other like wolves. Time I could, they did it in the Alien Resurrection could, as well. Yeah, the only time I can think of where the one of the Toho movies did something like that is in. I am really gonna earn some nerd points with this. <laughs> it was in Godzilla versus Gigan, where one of the heads looks away and shoots at Angerus, while the other two keep watching Gigan beating up Godzilla. Yeah, I I thought I'd seen one snap at another one, but it, it might have been like I said, like uh, Jurassic Park or Alien Resurrection, where it's just the packs of animals and they're they're snapping at each other. Yeah, so I might be imagining that, but but it happened in this one, and it was not my imagination. <laughs> so uh, Nathan, uh, give us a couple a couple points that you want to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I remember hearing people talking about because uh, originally the title King of the Monsters, which is a title that's been used before in the franchise, was originally just supposed to be a placeholder. And then it, there just came a point in the production where they just decided, you know what, we're just going to make that the title of this movie. And I'm really glad they did because it fits thematically. Oh, yeah. Be- because the whole thing in this 
is because they established in 2014, Godzilla is an alpha predator. He's an apex predator. He's top of the food chain and he's keeping all the other, well, they call them Titans in this. He's keeping all the other monsters in line. He's top dog. And there is a point where they refer to Ghidorah once they figure out that he's from space. One guy says, oh, he's an invasive species. And I believe it was the it was Dr. Sarazawa who said he is a false king because he showed up on Earth in in ancient times and tried to usurp Godzilla as the as the apex predator. So their rivalry goes back untold eons. So can Which we... is a great way to of MCUing the fact that his name in the Japanese is King Ghidorah. Yeah, can we can we talk a little bit about that spiritual theme then? Because this <laughs> is really interesting to me, and I'm trying to figure out what they were trying to do with this. But it, it could go in one of two ways, and one is very negative, and one is positive, depending on how you're looking at it. But um, the images in Mexico of Ghidorah on the hill, on the mountain top. And there's a cross. Wasn't it the volcano? Yeah, yeah. And there's a cross in the foreground. All right. And Mm -hmm. at first I'm sitting there thinking, so what are they saying about Ghidorah? You know, this false king, false god kind of thing. And then I thought, (laughs) this might, I don't know if they're doing this, but it got me, this is what it got me thinking about anyway. Godzilla's dead, right? He's dead. He's in his tomb. The cross (laughs) is empty. Okay? Godzilla has died for us by our hand. They even say say that in the movie. He fought for us. He died for us. Yeah, we killed him. Then he comes back to life. Mm -hmm. Now, how he comes back to life, okay, so it's not the perfect Easter story. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that they (laughs) meant this, but it got me thinking about, because I'm trying to figure out why is this cross there? Why is this cross there? It's intentional. And And Peter took the nuclear bomb into the tomb. (laughs) (laughs) But 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 that's... Ben, Ben, here's something interesting. But he rises from the dead. and. I was just going to say, interesting thing, because that was revealed in, uh, I, it was one of the newer trailers, and Michael Dougherty, on his Twitter, took the, uh, took the caption of that shot with Ghidorah and the cross, and put it on his Twitter, and I think this would, this builds off of what you're talking about, and the caption he wrote for that was, where is your Godzilla now? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your Godzilla now, Moses? <laughs> no, but and I, I just I and I actually just I, I want to hold on to that shot because it's one of my favorite shots in the whole movie. And I, I, I kind of want to just sit in front of it and just dissect that one shot because I feel like there's so much symbolism packed into that one shot. And I could I would I could have a heyday. I could write a whole paper on just that one shot. There, there is. And you could go in a very negative way and and point at this you know, religion is false and here's this false king, you know, but you could also look at it as, yes, a false king has usurped and has apparently won the battle and the real king is dead, but doesn't stay dead. And <laughs> I, I have no, 
I, I do not think that this is what they intended by it. I'm curious what they actually intended by it. And I'd love to you know, listen to the commentary when they get to that shot to see if they actually even talk about like, yeah, we were making this big statement about blah. But in my mind, well, as I'm trying to figure this out, I'm just like, this is where this that's where it sent my mind. That's where it sent me was you have this false king who thinks he's won the battle and and he hasn't. And the Messiah the savior, the hero. Uh, well, it's, it's not ben, a perfect. Me, obviously, it's not a perfect well, analogy. It's not but. perfect, but Ben, I want to build off of that a little bit. The I can't remember. I know I heard this. I don't remember if it was Lewis or if it was Tolkien, but it's. I know it's. It's an idea that's very much in. Yeah, very much something that they would. Uh, they would say or believe, and that was that the 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 Christ story is so pervasive that it ha- it is so permeated everything that there are echoes of it in stories throughout history. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely if you're looking at it from a literary standpoint, Godzilla in this movie is a messiah figure. Like a- absolutely. Um how intentional and and how <laughs> spiritually grounded the the creators of this thing are when they're doing this. Oh, that's that's another story, but I just found it really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, so you got Nathan. You wanted to, to cover. <laughs> well, you, I, I'm curious, Ben. How did you? You talked about you didn't anticipate the 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 twist with the mom. Mm-hmm. What about Doctor Sarazawa? I have to tell you, I got a little bit emotional when. He he told he said you know, goodbye old friend to Godzilla in Japanese when he took the the nuke in there to facilitate the resurrection. Yeah, I I don't know. I, the problem with that was that I don't feel like Godzilla is anyone's old friend. <laughs> you know, yep. like he's. I know he's saving the world and based on the end credits, Godzilla is like causing, you know, species that are extinct are coming back to life and, and plants are growing and rainbows are everywhere, but (laughs) Godzilla is still pretty dangerous. And I still, I don't know. I'm still a little bit on the Friday night lights guy, his side of, you know, we got to destroy this thing because it kills lots of people very quickly like whenever there's a godzilla movie where they're wavering between science saying we need to study and and the military saying we need to destroy i tend to realistically speaking fall on the side of the military story-wise i'm on the scientist side all all day long you know they're the good guys but uh but what's touching about that is he was in 2014 yeah you know and uh they they built a friendship out of that with uh, Friday Night Lights guy. Like he's known him for a while, and and uh, Doctor Surizawa knew Andrew, and had a running joke with Andrew about the watch. Yeah. Um, I just his death in in general was was touching. I didn't cry or anything, but it was it was good. Well, and I was wondering if they were going to do that because. It's the name. 
because uh-huh. there was a Dr. Sarazal in the original movie. Now, did he create the Oxygen Destroyer? For anyone who hasn't seen a 65-year-old movie. Yeah. He created he the dies. Oxygen Destroyer in that movie, right? Yeah. yeah. He created, it was an accident. See, that was, I will admit, that kind of threw me. Okay, if I, I'll, throw in, I'll throw in a negative because yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll throw one. That, <laughs> there were a couple of points where they were in the course of their world building. They bring up some things, and I thought... That is a little bit left field. Like, out of nowhere, this is, oh, we have a new secret weapon. It's called the Oxygen Destroyer. We're going to use it. <laughs> like, okay. That wasn't set up at all. <laughs> ben groaned. Ben groaned at that part. Yeah. It's like, boom, <laughs> Oxygen Destroyer. I'm like, but that's what I was talking about. The setup would have been nice there. But, and then the stuff with the, where they saved the Titans, if they had introduced this, earlier in the movie it would have been a little easier for me but like what the early part like in the news coverage but uh, halfway through the movie they say oh everywhere the titans went their radiation even though they devastated cities life has now started teeming in those cities since the since they've been there and i thought i feel like you should have mentioned that it, it within the first you know uh, 10 minutes or I so i thought they didn't mention that until the end credits right <laughs> no that no, was during was, her uh, stock footage. The, the mom show. during oh, her stock yeah. footage. I missed that. Uh, during her stock footage. Uh, yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, manifesto. She mentions it there. I'm like, I think you probably should have had that in the first ten minutes. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. Quickly back to Ken Wat- not Watanabe. Uh, he was in another movie I just saw recently. In theaters, the last movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> uh, uh, Pikachu. De- Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> He was there. Uh, so the Oxygen Destroyer, I thought I thought the Orca was referencing the Oxygen Destroyer because it's like we have this weapon that shouldn't even exist. We shouldn't even have this thing. What if it got in the wrong hands? Well, it is in the wrong hands already. And I thought, oh, they're kind of riffing on that whole thing with the Oxygen Destroyer from the first movie. And then halfway through the movie it's like nope we're just gonna pull it out and we're just gonna use it and there is no philosophical question about this whatsoever we're gonna use it it's gonna kill everything within two miles and not Ghidorah or Godzilla you want to know just to just because I feel like mentioning this when the right after they detonated that I actually made a joke that I'm sure not very many people would get which is when they have the shot and all the fish are coming up uh, I couldn't resist it. I said, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> it's just a reference to Godzilla. I understood that reference. <laughs> Congratulations, Cap. Yeah. yeah. It's no. time to go on record about that movie. Did you like it or not, Evan? Oh, I liked it, Ben. Nathan? Uh, I was okay with it. When I saw it as a kid, I don't like it a whole lot now. <laughs> And I did not like it the first time I saw it. And then when I watched it a couple years ago, I was like, hey, that wasn't as bad as I remembered. I actually kind of went with it. It's it's a 90s blockbuster and yep. has all the absolutely problems of a 90s blockbuster. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, Evan. Got uh, any more points for us? I, yes, I will say I really liked Atlantis. I thought that was very okay. cool. That stuff. I w- my brain was just going insane. When I saw that, because I'm like, you are expanding on this world so much. And I'm just like, is this Atlantis? Is it Seatopia? (laughs) (laughs) 
It's I have so many questions and you're not going to answer them and that's okay. But I'm like, I have to have answers. Are you, I, I, it's just, oh, there's just so many things. But this is where they're expanding on that Kong side of the world with the hollow earth and the ancient cultures and society. And those giant statues that were standing guard at the stair steps holding spears had Godzilla heads. Yes, yes. They did. Like there was some really neat <laughs> world building going on there just in the show don't tell department. Like yeah, what I, I, what is that culture? That is Who knows? I absolutely love about this movie is the the world building. It, it, the 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 uni- this the universe of this movie feels five times bigger now just from one movie. Which is you you have a choice. You can either just flatline and just do more of the same or do it in the same way. And that's not necessarily a bad way to go. Or you go bigger, <laughs> huger with your with your sequel. And that's clearly where they're going with this is and, and then pushing away people like Evan, who appreciated the tone and the, the feeling of of the first movie. Like, I really enjoyed the subtle Godzilla moments in this movie, like the part where they're uh, looking at him underwater in the underwater base and he's just pulsating in the bottom of the ocean. The intimidation display. Oh, man, yeah. that was so cool. I love that. And yeah, they're trying to I figure out it. why. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's some really good things about this movie. I, I really enjoyed myself. I can't wait to see it again. I'm going to wait to see it again, uh, but I know my son, my oldest son, who really enjoyed Kong Skull Island and liked 2014 Godzilla and appreciates the old ones I've showed him. He, he's going to love this. He's going to really enjoy it. One question I have at the end of this movie is how in the world is King Kong going to beat Godzilla if Godzilla can explode <laughs> himself like a nuclear bomb? See, there's no me, way. That leads me to talk about the uh, the post credit scene. Because I knew there was going to be something after the credits, and I knew it was going to be setting up Godzilla versus Kong, but it did not go the route I thought they might do. The credits kind of did, because the credits right. just references to Skull Island all over the place. Now, they mentioned Kong and Skull Island a couple times in the movie, but the credits or saying all these things, like showing you things that happened after this movie, and there's lots of references to Skull Island. But the post credit scene is not about Kong or Skull Island. It's it is Ghidorah's it's the head. terrorist leader <laughs> finding the severed Ghidorah head. Which I completely forgot that he was even in the movie. In, in <laughs> Act 3, I the terrorist leader is not there. My- I was thinking to myself, where did that guy just disappeared for for the climax? So like, where did he go? I was wondering about that. It's like, that's a loose end. They didn't tie up. And then they was like, oh, he's in the post credit scene. So I'm looking at that and knowing that the next movie is Godzilla versus Kong. So I'm trying to figure out how does the severed Ghidorah head connect to that movie? And my brain went to so many possibilities. I'm actually kind of excited about this now. It's, it's I, I feel I feel like I'm kind of experiencing the MCU all over again, where it's just like, okay, what? How does this post credit scene fit into this next movie? Well, I, and I think, are we looking at a team up? I mean, it's 
King Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla, whichever. But yeah, is it going to be that classic comic book? They're going to fight and then they're going to team up. The director says that there is going to be a winner and there isn't going to be a team up. I've heard rumors to the contrary. One thought that I have, and this is pure theory, is I'm wondering if the the terrorist leader is going to is getting the Ghidorah head. He's going to extract the DNA because they mentioned that there's a black market for this now. Right. So it's a very it's a very Pacific Rim sort of thing because that happens in that happened in Pacific Rim as well. There's a black market for for Titan DNA. I'm wondering if what they're going to do is this guy's going to try to do what he was trying to do here with Ghidorah. And he's going to go to Skull Island, find Kong, and inject the Ghidorah DNA into Kong, giving Kong a power boost, and then try to use Kong to do what he tried to do in this movie. Yeah, meanwhile, Monarch builds a robot Kong to help mine the (laughs) Hollow Earth. And and Kong... Okay, so... I'd, I'd rather have Mechagodzilla first. I yeah. like Robot Kong. I think it's a really cool design. I think it's we a got really Godzilla, cool design. We got Mechagodzilla in uh, Ready Player One. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We need to close this down. So think through. What do you want to talk about? We haven't talked about yet because now is the time. I think we've hit you all the points that else? I really wanted to talk about, but. Okay. Go ahead, I feel like I need I, I I think we've covered pretty much everything I would want to talk about. I feel like I would have I think I feel like I will have more to talk about once I see it again. Because right now I like I said, my brain is still just mulling over everything and just processing it all. Uh I just have to say monster fights. <laughs> the monster fights were fun, exciting, big, brutal. Oh. And I liked it. We've got burning Godzilla in this. Yeah. Yeah. And we got strangling Ghidorah in this. (laughs) Yes. And uh, yeah, it's just if you want a monster movie with cool monster fights. This is one of them. Yes. (laughs) How how do you Ben? How do you feel about Rodan kind of being the bad guy in this? He's Ghidorah's minion, essentially. Yeah, but that they made that implication that, like, all the monsters were just serving Ghidorah. Except Mothra. And, and Godzilla. Yeah. And, and part of that, I think, is that pseudo-spiritual Mothra element. Uh, she's going to serve the side of right. Yeah. Um, Mothra's never been a villain. Ever. <laughs> Yeah, and so I I just – I didn't mind that at all, especially because at the end, you know, they all come and, and bow before before Godzilla. That was really interesting, I thought. The, we, the kaiju are literally bowing to Godzilla. Oh, and did you not love the gorilla mo- mammoth? <laughs> that was so interesting. I, I love that creature. That was so cool. It was. It was. I loved it. I – I'm really curious, like, you know, what does this mean for the future movies? Obviously, with Kong versus Godzilla. But for a moment there, I was like, I have a creature that I want to put in a story that I'm afraid 
I can't do now because of that mammoth gorilla. I, I think I'll still be able to, but that was such a cool design. It was. And actually, that reminds me, the we were talking about some spiritual themes in this. I found it interesting with, I think it was a Dr. Ling, is that her name? One half of the Mothra twins. That yeah, Evan I, I, loves I, so I, I don't remember their names. Dr. Lee uh, was the name she, of the one. She at was the talking waterfall. about the the mythological and spiritual significance significances of dragons and how they're not simply terrifying creatures. In a lot of cultures, they represent other things, including redemption. And Ghidorah's actions bring about all of those things. And I think the her line about about dragons being creatures of redemption was in reference to what happens with the mom at the end of the movie, where she makes yeah. a choice to now stop the plan that she was trying to enact the entire movie. Of course, Millie Bobby Brown brings up that classic kaiju trope where it's people who are the monster, not the yeah. monsters that are the monsters. She actually calls her mom a monster. <laughs> like, let's just go there. Let's just say it outright. <laughs> um so it's not a perfect movie but it was a lot of fun for me and i i enjoyed it and the whole bowing down before godzilla at the end just reinforces the idea <laughs> that we will bow before the true king no matter who you are and no matter yep. who you bow down before before the true king when the true king is there you will bow down before him why because he is I mean, we're, we're talking about Jesus now, obviously, but <laughs> metaphorically with Godzilla, but um, because he is so true, like there is He's king of kings and yeah, Lord of lords. I mean, he is holy and true and just, and you won't be able to help yourself but to bow before him because of who he is. And it won't be a forced thing. It won't be that Jesus or God is like pushing you down on, on your knees. No, it'll be a forced thing because you can't help yourself because just who he is. And so I'm, I am taking that weak connection and I am running with it right now, but well, I could, I could add a little more to your weak connection. Did you, did you see the look on Rodan's face? He looked yeah, pretty really penitent funny. to me. He, right? was, he looked very penitent. He was that. worried. Uh, what is Godzilla going to do to me? I'm going to bow down real low, real low. All right, Evan. By the way, I think you guys should start a podcast called Weak Connections. Well, that was, that's all it is. That was a, my YouTube uh, series oh, for, for Strangers and Aliens. Yeah, we, we did a couple of YouTube videos yes. uh, called Weak Connections. That I need to catch up on your YouTube. Well, Back when we had hard. more free time. Yeah. <laughs> won't be hard to catch up on it. There's only a few. But yeah, uh, Evan, you got a final word? Anything you want to make sure we touch on before we, we close this down? Nothing to touch on, but I'm actually prepared this time with my comic book. Okay, hang on. I will... Hang on. Nathan, any okay. final words before we go, wrap go, this Godzilla. up? <laughs> oh, that was an awesome they remake. the song. Oh, so good. That was a great, uh, not a remix. What do you call that? Cover. It's a cover. That was a great cover of that song. I think the guy from System of a Down is both weird and perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can we find you online, Nathan? Uh, my author website is nathanjsmarchand.com. You know, that's where I, I blog there, and that's where the, pretty much everything I do gets 
it starts there. And you can also follow me on Twitter at NathanMarchand7. And the look, do a search for The Worlds of Nathan Marchand on Facebook, and you'll find my professional, uh, my professional author page on Facebook. Right. And Evan, your final word. All right. I got a comic book. It's not a kaiju comic book, but it's a Superman comic with a kaiju in it. Perfect. I'm flipping open. <laughs> All right. I'm flipping open to a random page, and I'm going to read a random line. Here it is. Why, I'd be delighted. <laughs> nice. Speaking of <laughs> Which kaiju. Which does not describe That's your my feelings final about word. this movie. Speaking of it kaiju comics, not. Nathan, have you ever read Giant Killer? No, I have not. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if I recommend it or not. I just found it in my collection. I remember reading it years ago, and I want to reread it, so I'm not going to recommend it yet. But it is a kaiju comic, so <laughs> I will be I will e- be waiting for it to be covered on the comic book time machine. Then. Yeah, you'll be waiting. <laughs> you'll definitely be waiting. So. <laughs> My final word is thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you enjoyed, uh, if you saw the movie, you enjoyed the movie more like me, uh, less like Evan, because you just wasted some money if you saw it and enjoyed it the way (laughs) Evan did. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Addendum. If you want to listen to the other kaiju-related episodes that we mentioned, you can search for Godzilla or Kong or whatever. Or you can listen to this list right now. Godzilla 2014 is episode 127. Shin Godzilla, episode 204. Kong, Skull Island, episode 224. Colossal, which Nathan also helped record, episode 255. And then there's the three anime Godzilla movies. City on the Edge of Battle, which was in our episode 282, which was an animation roundup episode. Planet of Monsters, episode 261. And Planet Eater, episode 304. Second addendum. I did not call this movie a perfect movie. I called this movie in that Kong Skull Island (laughs) review. I gave it 4.75 stars because I couldn't give it five. And I called it a perfect monster movie which there is a big difference between what a perfect movie is and a perfect monster movie. I also call it a perfect Kong movie. And I stand by that. Although I would probably bring my rating down to four and a half stars because it's not a five star movie. (laughs) Not at all, but it is. I stand by it being a perfect monster movie. That's all.
Godspeed. My cat. Oh. <laughs>